This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Clint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers, Mike Vendis, joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weight. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, I guess, here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandela, I guess, here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Yo, happy Wednesday. The Jason Walker Show back inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Going to be a big show today. We've got some updates on, well, some, some updates from the NCAA. Uh, basically, they decided to punt, and uh, we'll tell you all about what's going on with uh, NCAA Fall Championships. There uh, is some COVID stuff, and... Uh, some interesting stuff from players, both at the FCS and FBS level, um, commenting to reporters about what's going on and uh, in the world of COVID, in the world of football, and if they're going to play or not play, or who knows what we're going to do. You can uh, watch the Jason Walker Show live on YouTube, also uh, at the Jason Walker Show channel. You can uh, watch on uh, Twitter at Jason uh, at Jay Walker Sports. And uh, also um, Facebook on the Jason Walker Show page. And uh, you can listen, Podbean, Network One Sports, TreasureStateRadio.com. We'll be back up uh, running shortly. They're having some server issues uh, over there, but uh, we're hoping to get uh, get them on again soon. Uh, good friends over at uh, Treasure State Radio and uh, great stuff over there. All right, so um, the NCAA is just unbelievable. And we've known this, right? I mean, we've known that the NCAA and Mark Emmert and they're just they they have issues. You know, as much as much flack, by the way, uh, as we give the NAI, um, the NCAA is much worse. Uh, but the NAI at least has somewhat of a plan. In fact, we're going to talk to uh, President and CEO of the NAI, Jim Carr, coming up here uh, today on the Jason Walker Show. Because uh, I want to get his thoughts on what's going on, and and uh, um, move you know how we how do we move forward in the world of COVID, not knowing what's going on, and so yeah, we'll talk to him. The state AA Legion baseball tournament uh, started today, and uh, game two is underway. Game one went to. Uh, the Kalispell Lakers, the three seed, knocked out the six seed, or knocked down in the six seed Missoula, seven to five. And so now Missoula in the loser bracket, Kalispell stays in the winner's bracket. Helena Senators taking on Great Falls Chargers, um, just moments away. And, uh, we'll, we'll try to keep an update on that for the next hour or so as we move forward. But, uh, our daily COVID tally for the state of Montana, uh, 115 new cases and 65 Total deaths, uh, 1,544 active cases, 79 active hospitalizations, also known as hospitalizations. And, Sherry, it is uh, good to be back as well. We appreciate uh, we appreciate you, although my voice is not quite the same. She said, uh, happy to hear your voice, but it's not the voice. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Montana did uh, 1,888 tests to, uh, yesterday. They want to do 60,000 tests a month, and they're not even close to that. But whatever. Uh, Yellowstone County, 593 active cases. Flathead, 143. Bighorn, 225. And uh, those are the only ones in um, triple digits. But uh, a lot of new cases in Yellowstone County with 25 new ones, 13 in Bighorn, 13 new ones in Gallatin. Gallon County only has 43 active cases, which is huge. Um, 
compared to where they were at the beginning. You know, Gallatin County was the hotbed. Now it's Yellowstone. Yellowstone and Bighorn County and then Flathead County. And you look at it, that's where a lot of tourists hang out, right? Which is surprising about Gallatin County because um, a lot of tourists going through Bozeman. Park County only has 11, so that's good. But, uh, yeah. All right, so there you go. There's your uh, COVID update for the state of Montana. On this day in history, by the way, big one coming up, and uh, the walk-off as well. Don't forget President uh, of the NAI and CEO Jim Carr will join us coming up here in about 10 or 15 minutes or so. All right, so the FCS, NCAA, not so much the FCS, but the NCAA came out yesterday and said we were, we are all waiting anxiously to get this update on the NCAA. What is the decision going to be? What are they going to do with fall championships and fall sports? And then they said, um, we'll have a decision in the morning. So their decision this morning was they're going to leave it up to the respective conferences and individual schools. So they came out today and basically said that um, – the, the, this is just, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, they did not decide to cancel fall sport championships. They moved it to August 21st, which is two weeks away from Friday. Right? Yeah. So 16 days from now. Uh, that's the board of directors. And then they basically said it's going to be, like I said, up to the respective conferences and divisions. So they did say, too, that the NCAA would allow uh, student-athletes must be allowed to opt out of participation due to concerns about contracting COVID-19. If so, scholarship commitments must be honored by the university or college. Makes sense. It's absolutely the right thing to do. Also, schools may not require student-athletes to waive their legal rights regarding COVID-19, which is also smart. There was reports that some schools are making kids sign waivers, that if they get sick, they're not going to hold the school responsible. This is just, it's all about money, basically, like we talked about yesterday. Um, so today, immediately after those decisions came out, Division Three said, we're not going to have fall championships at all. Like, not even moving them to spring. And then a couple hours later, Division Two said, same thing. No fall sports championships, not even moving to spring, which is what the NAI did. And we'll get Jim Carr's thoughts on that coming up, the president of the NAI. But D2 and D3 said, we're not holding fall championships. They, teams can still play. Conferences can still play fall sports. But they're not going to have championships. So you're not playing for anything other than a conference championship. There's no national championships to win in D2 or D3 this year in fall sports. Division 2 saying that it's seven fall championships canceled because uh, the operational, logistical, and financial challenges presented by the pandemic. FCS, we'll get to in a second. That's where the Cats, the Grizz, North Dakota State, where six of 13 conferences have already said they're not playing football this year. So back to D2. This includes MSU Billings. This directly affects MSUB. As of today, 11 of the 23 D2 conferences had announced they're not competing during the traditional fall season. We know D2 and the GNAC have already Made those made those moves a couple of weeks ago. So now it's up to FBS and FCS. FBS is controlled. The college football playoff is not controlled by the NCAA. It is controlled by the college football playoff committee. And FCS, which operates under the Division One umbrella is meeting this week. Okay? So, we'll find out...
probably tomorrow or Friday what the FCS. Now, they have until August 21st to make up their mind. But I'm going to read you some quotes from players sent to friends in the media and myself about the upcoming fall football season. And we're focused on football, but this really affects all the fall sports. And it's absolutely insane what some of these kids are thinking. Not insane. I mean, they're absolutely right what they're thinking. And But it's insane that people aren't listening to them. Kids need to be listened to. First and foremost, at the college level, it, 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 and we said, it's it's all about the money, especially on the football side of things. But these kids need to be listened to. I'll just give you one example, and we, we got some more coming up. But Sam Herter, who's been on the show, he's a great friend of the show, with uh, Hero Sports, FCS, shared some of uh, the comments that he was getting from players. Quote, how can they not let us play? and at least start the season, end quote. They need to let us play. It sucks we're working out and practicing without the assurance of a season. This one stood out to me. Quote, I want to play football. We want to play football. We're excited. But at what point does neither our academic or physical health matter to the NCAA, end quote. Those are just a few statements that Sam Herter got. And Sam does a great job covering the FCS. But nobody's asking the kids what they want. Nobody's asking the coach. I mean, the majority of coaches and kids are going to say they want to play. But then you look at the Pac-12, you look at the Big Ten, and you got players coming out saying, look, we're not going to play. We're opting out because we don't feel safe. We told you this earlier this week about the Indiana student. Uh, Brett Feely, I think it was uh, uh, his name, the uh, freshman offensive lineman. His mom shared her Facebook post publicly and, you know, the kid contracted COVID, and now he's got heart issues. And it's not just, and this goes down to the high school level. Like I said yesterday, it, it, Clay Travis has been very vocal against, the. he calls them the Corona Bros and the fear-mongering media. But it's not just that. You've got a 28-year-old healthy Boston Red Sox pitcher who gets COVID, now has myocarditis, heart issues, he's done for the year. He may never play again. You got the kid in Indiana we just talked about, who has heart issues now because of COVID. We don't know the long-term effects of these college and high school kids of what the hell's going to happen to them if they contract COVID. Because you know what? You, me, nobody that's listening, nobody watching, nobody that, uh, nobody even knows. You can put the world's best doctors on this. Nobody knows the long-term effects of COVID-19. And I know there's parents out there that are pissed off at me because I'm saying we need to cancel high school sports season right now. Well, you know why? Because you don't know the effects. Are you okay sending your student out there, risking them getting COVID-19? Yeah, they're going to recover. The death rate is low. But what about the long-term effects? Is it worth it to you to have your son or daughter, but your son go out and play football in high school this year, and let's say they get COVID, because it's going to happen. Some kids are going to get it. But then what? They have long-term lung issues, long-term heart issues. Nobody knows enough about this virus to just willy-nilly send our student-athletes out there at any level. My son played high school football a couple of years ago. Well, he was on, he was on the roster. Played JV mostly. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable right now sending him out there. And then you look at the... Idaho, the MHSA guidelines uh, for high school. You can't practice normal, right? 
You can't hand off the football. You can't pass the football. You gotta. You can't practice volleyball with the same ball. So what are you going to do during matches? What are you going to do during your games? You can't sanitize the football between the, the snap to the quarterback and then the handoff for the pass to the running back or the wide receiver. You just can't do it. Without changing the entire complexity of sports. And I've said this from day one. And I, I know it upsets a lot of people. But at the end of the day, why can't we just take a step back? Let's pause sports. I don't give a rip about the NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, any of that pro crap. I don't. I care about our student athletes, our fans, our coaches on the smaller scale, the colleges, the high schools. Let's take a pause and figure out. I don't even, we don't even have to wait till a vaccine because who knows, God knows when that's coming. But until we know more about COVID-19. And again, this isn't a fear-mongering stance. This is just truth. And you can disagree with me, and that's fine. And if you want to call up, if you want to text, if you want to email, let's talk. Give me reasons why you think it's okay to send your kid out to play a sport right now. Just let me know. Division two and Division three canceled their fall championships. Is FCS going to be next? We'll find out this week, hopefully. And again, like I said, they have until August 21st, but we need to make decisions here. The Big Sky Conference wanted to have a decision made by the end of July. Well, they punted because the NCAA punted. And now it's like in a, we're, it's like we're curling back and forth on a on a on curling ice. Well, you make a decision. No, you make a decision. And yet, we still don't have decisions. But there's football players and coaches needing to know, and other sports as well. Look, are we going to push this? Are we going to try to do a season that's not going to get completed? We'll see what happens. But D2 and D3 officially canceling fall sports. Competition for championships. You can still play, but a lot of these conferences have said, we're not even playing. Some are moving to spring, but most say we're not even playing. And right now you've got six of the 13 FCS conferences not playing. you got some schools like James Madison that want to go independent for the year. But what happens if the Big Sky says, or the FCS says we're not going to have fall championship for the FCS playoffs. Well, then what What are the Cats and Grizz playing for? What's Idaho State and Idaho? Eastern Washington. Just going to play just to play? That's not safe. NAI had some big decisions to make like the NCAA. They're not punting. They made their decision a few weeks ago. Well, a couple weeks ago. And when we return here on the Jason Walker Show, we'll get the thoughts of NAI President Jim Carr. What does he have to say about sports moving forward? How tough was the decision to move fall sports championships to the spring? And how's that going to look? What about kids that play multiple sports? It happens a lot at the NAI, where a lot of football players run or throw track. Volleyball, track. What about those kids in cross country that do indoor and outdoor track as well? you got championships, all of them now in the spring. We'll get his thoughts when we return here on the Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the major mortgage team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918 
or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work, then Give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. Mark LaRoe, photography.com. Dinner's Done Right is open and ready for you to stop in and stock up for the summer. How does a Big Sky flank steak sound or a sage roasted pork loin? June's menu also includes a Parmesan tilapia and a variety of fantastic chicken cuisines and more. And if that's not enough, Dinner's Done Right's Grab and Go Soup Salad and Nacho Bar is back as well, with one exception. The delightful staff now will make it for you. And don't forget deliveries to Bozeman and Great Falls on select days. Stop in at 1212 Cedar Street in Helena or visit dinnersdoneright.com. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave on a Wednesday, Jason Walker Show. Kalispell Lakers knocked off the Missoula Mass 7-5 in the first game of the state's AA American Legion Baseball Tournament down in the Magic City. End of one, Helena Senators leading the Great Falls Chargers 2 to nothing down there at uh, Daler Park. It's always going to be Cobb Field, though. I mean, it's beautiful, the remodeling that they did. It's great. But it's it's always going to be Cobb Field. Um, I know it's Daler Park, but, man, what a beautiful facility. Even, even when it was Cobb, before all the remodeling, early 90s when we played in Legion, it was so much fun. Cobb Field, beautiful. The history, unbelievable. All right, it's uh, Jason Walker Show. This segment brought to you by Rutgers Furniture. Make the quality choice for your home at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn in Helena. Well, the NAI a couple of weeks ago came out and said they were moving all their fall sports to the spring. Championships, fall championships. You can still play fall sports, uh, but the championships are going to be in the spring. Um, some schools opting not to play at all, including... Well, they haven't come out and said it, but the University of Providence did say Tuesday the academic year is going to start completely online. And that makes it interesting for sports because if you're not on campus, you're not going to have sports. 
in the press release, they said, quote, the postponement of games and championships until the spring semester, without doubt, adds further to the stress of student-athletes. End quote. So, right now, the Frontier Conference is planning on playing volleyball in the fall. But Providence, who won the championship, the Frontier last year, isn't going to have a fall, isn't going to play volleyball in the, in the fall. So how's that going to work? We've seen this a lot. We're seeing, like, in football, Southern Oregon, Eastern Oregon, and the College of Idaho opting with the Cascade Conference, moving their fall sports all to the spring. They're going to play football in the spring or attempt to. The Frontier, however, which is where SOU, EOU, and C of I play normally, is going to move ahead without them. How is that going to affect playoffs? Well, to talk about that, to talk about moving spring or fall championships to the spring, and uh, to talk about all of it, is the commissioner. Well, he's not the commissioner. He's the president and the CEO of the NAI. His name is Jim Carr. He joins us now on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Mr. Carr, how has your summer been? Uh, Non-COVID related, non-all that stuff, just how has the summer been as a whole for you? Oh, man, it's hard to think about the summer non-COVID related, but it's... Uh... It's been good. My my family is is healthy, and uh, things in Kansas City, for the most part, I think, are in pretty good shape. And you know, other than kind of being uh, handcuffed to our house for the most part, it's it's been a, it's been a good summer. You and I talked a, a couple of months ago, I guess, but you were moving offices from where you were in Kansas City to a new new building in KC. I saw some pictures. It looks nice. Yeah, it is nice. I been in there uh, very little. We uh, officially moved in the first part of July, and I've uh, been in to, to run a couple of council presence meetings and things like that. For the most part, we're all still working remotely, so it doesn't feel like a new home yet, but it, uh, it is really nice, and it'll be nice for us when we all can get back together in the same place. Man, it'll be uh, it'll be nice to see that place when uh, whenever I get back to Kansas City because uh, I, I love the old building. I love just the atmosphere of what the NAI does and uh, the history of the NAI is. It, people forget the historical aspect of this institution. I mean, it's just it goes back almost a hundred years, and it's just amazing. It really is, and you know, we're we're trying to showcase that in our new office. And of course, it's showcased uh, brilliantly in Municipal Auditorium where you spent a lot of time, and that's where it all started in 1937. And so I've seen more Final Fours and college basketball championships than any other building, and we're certainly proud of our um, of essentially breaking the color barrier for yep. college basketball and Municipal and lots of other, other great historical moments. All right, we got all the positive out of the way. Now let's talk. That's right. <laughs> NAI President and CEO Jim Carr joining us here on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Uh, the decision was made to move all fall sports championships to the spring. It's a tough decision. Uh, take me through that process last month. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the way you, you stated that. It's important to state that we moved fall championships to the spring as opposed to moving all fall sports to the spring. So for the folks in the Frontier Conference and other places in the country where they feel it's safe to to compete in the fall, our, our members and our conferences can still do that. And we felt like that was a really important part of the process and the important part of the decisions. And it's been one of the things that sets NEI apart. And I think as the NCAA now is starting to announce some of the things they're doing, I think you're going to see a real difference there and that we, we want to respect the autonomy of institutions and conferences to do what they think is best for their student athletes. And so, um, Again, the, the championships, and we're still working out the dates, will be now played in the spring. But for those who can't compete, they can either have all of their, their regular season in the fall, they can have all of it in the spring, or they could do some kind of combination. And I think those who can will do some kind of combination of, of fall and, and spring competition. One of the numbers that came out, sir, was the 47 of the, what, 95 or so football institutions that play in the NAI were going to have to play that 50% threshold approximately. And where are we at number-wise on that right now? You know, it's um, it's hard to say. The last um, the last survey and analysis we did of that was before the decision um, on Friday, and we were at about 61 of the 90, 95, and so that was one of the questions. And just to put that in context or perspective, they, with all the other sports, cross, men's women's cross-country, men's women's soccer, 
and women's volleyball, we were either right at 50% or below 50%. Mm. And so, and, and the trends in all six sports were moving in the downward direction. We were getting more and more conferences or institutions, excuse me, decided they couldn't play or certain places had new travel restrictions or limits on gatherings. And so, uh, it certainly was, was headed towards all of them being under 50%, but football was the one that was, was a little bit higher. Um, but we still felt like once we decided to move the rest of the fall sports this spring, that we, we needed to be consistent and, um, you know, just not for two reasons. Um, sorry about some of the background noise no there. But, uh, try to, to make, we, we felt like it would, it would be odd at best to, for what people consider the most, the riskiest sport in terms of COVID and football to have that one continue on with a fall championship and yet have the others move this spring. And also, um, we, we weren't sure there was the right move to have a, an all male sport, one of our biggest sports in terms of roster sizes, uh, continue on with the fall, but not any women's sport. So I think it was the right decision to move all of them to the spring. And again, we certainly hope there is football to be played in, in the fall along with uh, some of the other sports. Jim Carr joining us. He's the president and CEO of the NAI on the Jason Walker Show. And and with with that, I talked to Frontier Commissioner Ken Paulson uh, earlier this week, and he said you're still working out the dates like you said, uh, but a lot of that is can, can Grambling still host the uh, football championship? Can Sioux City still host volleyball? I mean, there's a lot of working parts that you're planning ahead for six to eight months down the road still. Yeah, there's, uh, as you mentioned, our, our great host that we have, um, it looks like uh, most of them are pretty flexible. We may run into some trouble with, with soccer. Um, but it's also trying to figure out how to best schedule everything for schools and, and conferences because if you get everything loaded in around the same time, then you know, campus facilities, trainers, other types of uh, resources and personnel become a real challenge and an issue at campuses. Plus, out in your part of the world, if you – one thing to say, well, let's, let's play football in the spring and start our football championship around the 1st of April. But then when you start backing up from there, that doesn't give schools in Montana much of a runway if, uh, if you come up playing in January or February. So <laughs> a lot of different complications that, uh, that we're trying to, trying to figure out. Uh, with that, and, you know, the, the, I'll bring up the frontier and the Cascade because the Cascade moved everything to the spring, including its football teams, which play in the frontier, as you know. And it's soccer, which has frontier teams crossing over as associate members. But when when you talk specifically about football and those three schools that play from the Cascade in the frontier, they're going to play in the spring, but they're going to play a completely different schedule than what the frontier schools are planning. How will that affect rankings? How will that affect strength of schedule? How, how is that going to play in? Or have you even gotten to that point yet? No, it's, it's going to make it pretty complicated. and. Um... I think in at least two respects, probably more, but one just for the Frontier Conference to figure out how it wants to handle that. You know, there um, sounds like the, as you mentioned, the the uh, Montana schools are going to move ahead with some fall competition, and then when spring comes about, hopefully the Cascade, the three Cascade schools can join them. But you know, one if, if Frontier's able to play its eight game schedule, then there are only three games left. So how do you, you know, how do you do that? And then it will be a real chore for our, in all sports, for our, our Raiders and, and others that are part of the qualification process and championships to determine how to, to, um, determine all that. We want to be as inclusive as we can, but if, you know, if you've only played three or four football games, it's, it's hard to compare those schools to those who have played nine or 10 or 11. Uh, is there more than the, you mentioned the nine, 10 or 11, but I, is the threshold still at nine or are they going to be allowed to play more than that? No, we, We've moved um, the fall sports back to their original maximums. Oh, okay. With the uh, you know with, with the longer time to be able to play now with the essentially eight months to play the fall sports, we feel like like one of the main reasons for the the um, the lower limit going from to eighteen in soccer to fourteen was you only know, had so many weeks to play, and we just didn't feel like it was safe in those you know, the fewer weeks to play the regular number. But now with the longer runway, as we call it, there uh, we're, we're allowing schools to go back to the maximum. NAI President and CEO Jim Carr, our guest here, Jason Walker Show. When you look at these sports and, you know, volleyball could play this this fall and soccer could play this fall and cross country could run um, and golf as well um, in some conferences. But 
and then you don't have the the if they get done in November and then they don't have a championship until say April or May, how does that affect the student athlete? And then you throw in the fact that a lot of these student athletes in the fall double up and run track or so in the spring. Right. Right. Yeah. And a few things in there, you know, track is the, it's probably the most challenging because a large percentage of cross country runners also run indoor and outdoor. And so if you have indoor championship in late February and then, you put the cross country sometime and let's just call it April for now and then outdoor in May. That, that would be a real challenge for those runners to try to do all three of those. So I think, um, we're trying to figure out from a scheduling perspective and then conferences, schools, and even individual student athletes and coaches are going to have to figure out what's, what's the best course there. And we know that that might mean that some who typically run in all three of those, uh, championships may, may have to choose two or something like that. That's, it's disappointing, but in these times, you know, just trying to figure out how to give people the most opportunities is what we're what we're trying to do. Well, it makes absolutely the most sense, and it, it's just it's frustrating on the student athletes I know, and I've read some stuff from players in the FCS because they don't know yet if they're even going to have a season for football. But um, you know, a lot of this unknowns right now as we move forward, and you're still thinking too. We've got winter sports coming up that we still right. don't know. I mean, let alone the fall sports, we don't know what we're going to do with winter sports yet. Exactly. And our, our hope is we, we've been doing a lot of thinking, as you might imagine, and planning for winter sports, but we don't want to pull the trigger so, too early because our hope still remains that, you know, in September, October, things are going to be better than many people are predicting. And you know, maybe basketball can start either on time or close to on time. And we may not even have to adjust the, the March calendar, but. You know, as you said, there's, there's certainly a possibility that that won't be the case, and we'll have to figure out some adjustments to winter sports as well. I mean, I can't even imagine being in those Zoom meetings that you guys are having a ton of right now. <laughs> that um, when, when you when you talk almost every day, it, it appears um, this is obviously fluid, like we said. And when you look at, I mean, that's a done deal that we've already moved the championships, and, and some of those teams that have canceled outright yet or um, postponed, are they would be allowed to come back if they decide to? If if you know they they canceled now, but down the road they want to do play football, for instance, or or volleyball, would they be able to get back into competition? They they could. We are going through a process right now. Um, it's, it's called declaration of intent, which essentially means you're declaring uh, to compete for a championship in a particular sport, and so. Um, those who essentially undeclared and told us in the last several weeks they were not going to play a particular sport now have the opportunity to reconsider that. Um, once they get past the deadline here, which would be uh, probably somewhere around the end of August, then that that would be it would be too late to come back in at that point. Now they probably the, the smartest thing for most to do is say, well, we're intending to compete because you can you do have a period of time where you can withdraw for various reasons um, down the line. So, short answer, or maybe one that's not quite as confusing is. Schools still have an opportunity now to to reassess based on the recent decisions that were made. Well, that would that would be awesome for some of these schools. Is there a is there a point, sir, where the NAI just steps in? I know you want the autonomy for the conferences and, and the individuals, the schools, but is there a point where you might step in as a as an organization and say, we can't do this, like you did, you know, in the, in the national tournaments in basketball and for the spring sports? You know. I think there's certainly a possibility that we would step in and say, we don't believe that we can bring people from around the country to safely conduct a national championship. But we're thinking about it differently than we did in the spring. And um, I'll set March aside because that was just the, we were already in the championship season. But I, we've heard from our members that it's really important to them. And we've think also begun to recognize the regional differences of, of the pandemic that we we want to do everything we can to avoid taking away opportunities for those who feel like it's safe and inappropriate to compete. So I don't think we would step in and, and tell the schools of the Frontier Conference, for example, you you can't run a regular season and you can't have a conference championship. But there is a certain possibility that it may not lead to a national championship competition. President of the NAI, along with the CEO, Jim Carr, joining us here, Jason Walker, show a couple final questions. But how worried are you right now that some of these smaller schools in the NAI won't be able to succeed without 
that funding of sports that comes in uh, on a on a continual basis with home games and home matches and all that. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a big enrollment driver for so many of our schools, and a big percentage of students are student athletes, and that's important to the school for you know, tuition revenue for kids to pull up the dorms, all those kinds of things. But it seems like most of our schools that I'm talking with, and in terms of those that are continuing on to this year, seem to be navigating things pretty well. Now, if the pandemic lasts another 12 months, or you know, certainly more than 12 months, it might be a whole different story. But um, our, our AI schools, the administrators, the, you know, the faculty, and certainly the students are, are pretty resilient. So I have, uh, I'm pretty optimistic about, about the future for our, our AI schools. You and I talked back in March. We talked again in June. What's been the biggest learning thing for you through all of this since since March? Oh, that's a great question, Jason. I, you know, I've, I feel like I've learned a lot. Just I've learned that our you know, our national office staff can function pretty well remotely when I didn't think that was necessarily the case before all this. But um, in terms of uh, how to think about things from a national perspective and membership perspective, I really it really has made me appreciate the uh, it's been a bedrock of NAI for a long, long time, and that's autonomy of member institutions. Because I know when during the spring, I really wasn't thinking all that much about. As it turned out, there was really no way to allow some to compete just because the the pandemic was brand new and it just there was no way to compete in the spring. But um, I really have grown to believe that that we do need to allow schools to to compete if they can and to, to really trust our members and our conferences to do what's right for their student athletes and not feel like we have to to be a heavy hand or we have to be um, I don't know almost play a role of, of telling people how to treat their people in the best way or you know, how to how to be safe and do those things that we ought to trust our members to do that. And I think they've, they've shown and will continue to prove that that's the right, right way to go. We know that the NAI and a lot of the conferences and specific schools can't really afford all the testing on the, on the big scale that some of these power five schools are, are hoping to do. Um, how do you, how, how what's the, what's the, how, how are we going to navigate around all the testing for all of these sports when it has to be done and there's certain protocols that have to be made? Yeah, that's, that's really one of the challenges, I think, for everybody, including the, even the Power Five conferences. But, you know, and, and colleges can't put students and student athletes in a bubble like they can in the NBA. So they're, they're built in difficulties for us. Um, what we keep saying to our schools is we're encouraging them to work with their local and state officials to determine, again, in their part of the world, in their part of the country, what's, what's most appropriate. And, I certainly believe that testing has to be a part of it, but there are lots of health officials that say screening and only testing when there are symptoms or testing in a, in a more targeted way instead of testing you know, all student athletes every week is, is certainly appropriate and works in, in certain settings. So that's, uh, I think, the, the best path forward for most of our schools. Well, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, it's been kind of a weird last six months, it feels like, but uh, NAI President and CEO Jim Carr joining us here on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Hopefully we get to talk uh, in a couple of months about the start of the winter sports when we recap how well the fall sports season went. And uh, I know it's going to be a busy, busy spring, and I, I, I cannot imagine, like I said earlier, being in your shoes and having to plan out uh, ten months ahead when we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge. I guess the one thing I fall back on is, uh, even though there are people who are much more expert at certainly healthcare and different things than I am, no one seems to know exactly what this pandemic is all about. So we're all in it together, trying to figure it out. And I think you know we we can take a little bit of uh, solace in that that it's you know it's a guessing game for everybody, and we're just all trying to do what we think is best. Well, I appreciate the time as always, sir. Take care, and uh, we'll talk soon. That sounds good. I certainly hope to see you in March in Municipal. That'll be a, a victory in and of itself if we're all together in March. I would love that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that would love to be in Kansas City in March for uh, the NAIA National uh, Men's Basketball Championships. It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, the women moving out to uh, Iowa um, after a great run in Billings for three years, and uh, should have been four, but we know what happened in the in the fall or in the spring, and everything got canceled. Uh, appreciate Jim Carr joining us, President and CEO of the NAI. So there's the NAI update. We've given you the NCAA update. 
Division two, Division three, canceling their fall sports championships, and not going to have them in the spring at all. Just canceling fall sports championships. So, is there anything left to play for? If you're those schools, we'll find out about the FCS hopefully tomorrow or Friday. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and when we do, we have on this day in history, and we'll read some thoughts of um, football players across the country, how they feel right now. We'll talk about it next. Jason Walker Show in the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Coming right back. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State, from rodeos to portraits, and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work, then give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. Mark LaRoe, photography.com. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back, Jason Walker Show. The segment brought to you by Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark, unbelievable photographer. In fact, that photo right there behind me off my left shoulder, taken in Ennis. July the 3rd of this year, that is during the uh, prayer before the National Anthem at the NSNRA Rodeo. If you'd like to purchase that photo, you can go to MarkLaRoePhotography.com. You get 20% off by mentioning the Jason Walker Show on any purchase. Also, if you book any portrait package, you get a free 8x10 or canvas, um, 8x10 canvas or matte print by mentioning the show. MarkLaRoePhotography.com. Appreciate Jim Carr joining us, President and CEO of the NAIA. And uh, it's going to be, you know, it's just fluid. It's fluid in high school. It's fluid in college. It's even fluid in the pros. And we'll see what happens moving forward with uh, all sports. Um, Wow. So yesterday, did we tell you yesterday about the Eastern Kentucky kicker who opted out of the season and said that nobody's been tested at Eastern Kentucky? Uh, according to uh, this is the Ohio Valley Conference. According to sources, uh, wide receivers walked out of practice today. Said they'll not work out again until they're tested for COVID nineteen. Apparently, nobody's been tested at Eastern Kentucky. This is an Ohio Valley Conference school, FCS. Bad stuff going on across the country, man. Nobody knows enough about this virus to just send everybody out. You got to test. If you can't afford the tests, you can't afford to have a season. Um. By the way, some positive. 3 nothing. Helena Senators leading Great Falls Chargers right now down in Billings. 
first round of the state AA American Legion Baseball Tournament. State A gets going tomorrow in Lewistown. Uh, let's see, where, uh, what else we got? Um, so, we got some quotes. We read a couple of them from, uh, from players. Um, by the way, UConn, an FBS team, became the first one today to come out and said they're not playing football. They canceled the whole season. Head coach Raddy Edsel said, uh, quote, if I was in a Power 5 or Group of 5 conference, I'd be saying the same thing. I'd be doing the same thing. These young men's lives are more important than money. And that's what we've been saying from day one, that this is a money grab. These players don't feel safe because, well, we're sitting at Eastern Kentucky right now. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, great coverage of the FCS. Uh, opened up some of uh, his DM messages of an FCS player council that would allow us to talk to officials about this decision. Another player said, I am tired of no one asking the players how we feel. If we're going to play, make the conferences say they're okay with all of that. I'm here to play. If we play, tell me when and where. I just want someone out there asking the hard questions that we face ourselves every day right now. End quote. That's that, that's coming from players, and we talked about it at the beginning of the show. The players are the ones that need to to have the decision making and have some of some say in the decision making. You can't just send these kids out there that you're going to make money off of and not have their input. You just you can't. It's not fair to the kids. And let's be honest, on the same in the same sense, kids are going to want to play, but at what cost? Like they said, um, not sure if you saw this today. A Georgia second grader tested positive for coronavirus after the first day of school, forcing his entire class to quarantine. To which I ask. How are we going to keep schools open this fall at any level from kindergarten to college? How are we going to keep schools open, folks? A Georgia second grader tested positive for coronavirus. His whole class has to quarantine. It's going to happen more and more. And again, it's not fear-mongering. It's not, it's not, it's just legit questions I'm asking. Based off of where we have been and what we've seen, how are we going to have this? You know, a good buddy of mine tweeted, tweeted to me after the uh, Frontier Conference came out last week and said they're going to go ahead with fall sports, including football. Uh, he said, good luck to the athletes physically and mentally. And you put it into perspective, if they play a regular season, if the Frontier Conference gets eight games in, that's great for football. But then they got to sit and wait months before they play in the playoffs? It just seems absolutely ridiculous to me. But, you know, it's my opinion. You can have your own opinion, and I want to hear your opinion. You can message me in multiple different ways. If you want to be live on the air, we'll put you live on the air. You just can't cuss. <laughs> but you got to think out of the safety, people. You got to think for the safety. Okay? You just we have to. We can't just we can't just send our kids out and hope everything's going to be fine. Okay. As you as a parent, would you feel safe sending your son or daughter out knowing that they could contract COVID and the long-term effects of that? Heart issues, lung issues, you okay with that? So that you can watch your kid play? You okay? I don't know many people that would be. But maybe hanging out in different circles. This segment brought to you by Mark LaRoe Photography. Check him out at marklaroephotography.com. Uh, did get this message I saw too. John Kinzano, who does a great job out in Portland or in the uh, Oregon area, 
state of Oregon, Portland area. He writes for the Oregonian. He's got his own talk show. And we've had him, uh, we've talked to him before. Um, he got a text message today, or he got a message today from Oregon State football player Jaden Grant, who just told him, quote, in what aspect is football essential? Tell me how many lives college football is saving, end quote. And John Canzano said he doesn't want to play unless the Pac-12 puts safety and wellness in front of making money. That's from a player. That's Jaden Grant at Oregon State, a football player. And that's a big, big statement to me. I'll read it again. Quote, in what aspect is football essential? Tell me how many lives college football is saving, end quote. Jaden Grant, Oregon State. And you look at these conferences. Money hungry. They need football to make money in athletics. And they're putting money, a lot of these schools, putting money ahead of the well-being and safety of its players. Sports are not essential, folks. They're not. All right, on this day in history, it is August the 4th, 2020. 1921, KDKA Pittsburgh presents the first radio broadcast of Major League Baseball. Harold Arlen becomes the first play-by-play broadcaster, inspiring great announcers and terrible announcers ever since. 1936, Jesse Owens won the 200-meter in world record time, his third gold medal at Berlin. 1969, Pirates outfielder Willie Stargell hit the first and longest home run ever at Dodger Stadium. Uh, 506 feet. Dodger Stadium is a dive. Dump. Dump. 1973, Phil Necro of Atlanta tosses a no-hitter, the first for the franchise for the Braves in Atlanta. 1984, Edwin Moses won the 400-meter gold in the hurdles at the uh, L.A. Olympics. At the time, his 105th consecutive race of victory. Was there anybody better at hurdling than Edwin Moses? Uh, 1986, Steve Carlton, the second to reach 4,000 strikeouts as a pitcher. Mark McGuire became the 16th player in 1999, well, not in 99, but the 16th player ever to hit 500 home runs. There's been more since, thanks to roids. Uh, Happy birthday today. 1930, Neil Armstrong, first man to step foot on the moon. Herb Brooks, yes, that Herb Brooks, gold medal in the 1980 Olympics. USA Hockey. He was born on this date in 1937. Uh, Patrick Ewing born on this date in Kingston, Jamaica, 1962. Same day, 62, Marilyn Monroe was found dead. And uh, on this date in 2002, Chick Hearn passed away. Called 3,338 L.A. Laker games. He was 85 when he passed away in 2002. Chick Hearn, who worked with and taught one of the best ever to do play-by-play, Dean Alexander, the former Montana State announcer. Nobody has done it better than Dean in Bozeman or Missoula or anywhere. Dean uh, is the best in the state. There's no question. Uh, Let's do this. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. All right, uh, thanks to Jim Carr joining us today, the NAI president and CEO. Got an update on the NAI. Uh, the plans, we don't know. I mean, they moved their fall championships to the spring. They don't even know when they're going to be yet. Um, you got a lot, a lot of questions. you got a lot of uh, unanswered questions right now across all of sports. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting. And uh, the walk-off presented by Cafe Zydeco. Make sure you stop by Helena 625 Euclid, also in Bozeman and Billings. And uh, get some great, they have great breakfast sandwiches. We talked about the beignets. Great food at Cafe Zydeco, a great sponsor here of the Jason Walker Show. Um, if you missed anything, jasonwalkershow.com, and you can rewatch, re listen. Tomorrow on the show, Dave Thorvalson, Carroll College women's soccer coach, will join us. He's had his season interrupted. Normally getting ready for soccer. But as a member of the Cascade in soccer, Carol men and women having to play in the spring, hopefully. 
We'll talk to Dave Thorvalson tomorrow. Again, JasonWalkerShow.com, and I leave you with, again, this from Jaden Grant at Oregon State. In what aspect is football essential? How many lives is college football saving? Sports are not essential. We'll talk about it tomorrow. More. Jason Walker Show, Major Mortgage Man Cave. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 4. Have a great Wednesday. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy. Enjoy.